the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now at KDOW.biz and Radio.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Yesterday, the markets tanked. Had the worst day since early September. I know you're saying, where was I in early September? Well, let's see, I have Alzheimer's disease. You probably know, because it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't like the worst day ever. It's the worst day in a month. But the problems that caused yesterday's sell-off remain today. Yesterday, we kind of threw our hands up in the air and said, okay, Nancy Pelosi a week ago said we have until Tuesday. That got extended to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Nothing happened over the weekend. This stimulus ain't getting done. The Senate went home. Okay. Will there be retribution if the economy tanks for a deal not getting done? A couple years ago, there was a big movement of vote everyone out of office and just start new. I'm kind of thinking that's not the worst idea in the world. But again, my political analysis is not nearly as good. In fact, it's juvenile and kindergarten-like compared to my investment analysis. So yesterday we had no stimulus. We had have election uncertainty. And we had COVID cases hit an all-time high in the United States. That's embarrassing as a nation. You know, when we started, we were looking at 20,000 daily cases, and we are like, that's, well, if those people went out and talked to five people and three of them got the COVID, then they give it to one more person, 10 billion people will die. Like, we were doing the mathematics. And we, we were, I'm not saying exaggerating. I think in the last nine months, we've brought the death rate down for those infected with COVID, which is the best news we have so far. But the worst news that we have so far is we hit 83,000 cases yesterday, and that, that disease seems to easily spread. The office of the vice president of the United States got hit, and the vice president's still running around and um, campaigning. Uh, will he be a super spreader? It's interesting to note that the president got hit two weeks prior to that, right? Trump, his wife, his son, 
all had to quarantine over cor- uh, Corona. Um, I wonder how bad the Corona beer brand's been hit, or I wonder how well they've done. You know, there's you know the joke of hey, it's, you want a Corona virus or Corona beer, not virus. <laughs> Uh, anyway, you would think that the White House would be able to stop a second spread, if not the first spread. That's telling me this thing's dicey and, and easily contagious, in my opinion. Or maybe the Republican-controlled White House is just partying like they're not going to die, which most of them don't. Sorry, Herman Cain. Um, I digress. It's earnings season. We still have political uncertainty. We still have COVID cases surging and we still have no stimulus. That's going to be the way, the same way for the next 10 days until the election's over. At that point in time, we should hopefully have some election certainty. Cross your fingers, but we still won't have, uh, the Congress. Maybe they'll bring back the Congress who got voted out. Maybe they'll, you know, do a stimulus. And, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure on that. I do know we need it, and I do know it'll happen. The size matters in this case. Some people say size doesn't matter. Size matters in stimulus. And every day that we wait, it hurts even more, in my opinion. AMD is acquiring Xilinx, Caterpillar 3M, Pfizer, and Merck, all high-profile earnings reports. All four exceeded expectations. Caterpillar and 3M said, we're not going to get full year guidance. Merck is the only one of the four trading higher. So earnings have been pretty good, but if you don't give guidance or you miss earnings, you're getting punished hard. Let's see. Um, fruitless stimulus. I like that phrase, right? Targeted shutdown measures are picking up in Europe again. One of the more interesting, is this interesting? Colleges are slashing budgets during the pandemic, and there's no sacred cow at this point in time. Um, Liberal arts departments, graduate student aid, tenured teaching positions are targets of shortfalls. I was talking with my spouse and we kind of came up with the conclusion that college costs are a little bit absurd. I, I, I don't think that's a no-brainer. I, I think that's a no-brainer, right? But that's one of the things that needs to come down in costs. It does. Um, and that'll help solve a lot of the problems. When college costs are inflating faster than our wages, than our homes, sometimes than the stock market, why is that? And it, it turns into the haves and the have-nots. So, one of my friends, I'll put it, I'll put it a different way. Someone I dated 15 years ago had a child, and uh, not with me. And she was asking like 15 years later for investment advice. I'm like, aren't you like 25 now? <laughs> I dated her when she was 10. No, um, I'm like, you're pushing 45, 40, some, you're somewhere in that range, right? And she goes, yeah. I said, yeah, have you saved anything? She goes, no. I said, you're probably going to work till the day you die. And then I, then I helped her and gave her an investment plan. And I said, just out of curiosity, your daughter, she's going to college. And she goes, no way. And I'm like, okay, so you're probably saying she's going to have to either marry well or get in that middle income bracket of the world for the rest of her life. 
And she goes, yeah, that's probably right. But those are hard conversations to have. But one of the harder conversations I'm having right now is on education, not just college costs, but there's a nonprofit that covers education. And prior to the pandemic, one of its central focuses was the achievement gap and the socioeconomic and racial inequalities that are pretty rampant in our education system. I've said this for many years, and it feels politically incorrect to say now. So please forgive me if it, if it sounds incorrect. I was very fortunate and very lucky to be born on a coast with expectations to go to college. And my skin color has helped. My height has helped. My eye color has helped. I'm six foot two. I was kind of dirty blonde, but I, I think more brown gray now than blonde. Um, but those were advantages. Uh, they were advantages in finding a spouse. They were advantages in, in uh, getting jobs. Um, if I had 15 moles on my nose and I was in news, I wouldn't be in news for very long. I'm dead sexy. <laughs> what a great film, the first one, right? It was so refreshing. But then you see it a second time, you're like, not as good. And you see the second one and the third one, Austin Powers, you're like, definitely not as good. But this group, this nonprofit called 74, is basically saying one of the things we know right now that's really struggling is our our education from K through 12, it's hurting. It's not as good as the kids being in school as far as the quality of education. And they're coming up with some numbers that every month a kid is taught from home versus in the school system, it costs them about $15,000 in career earnings. Um, and they start to add up. So, and the ability to become an elite high income earner goes down the longer we keep our kids out of school. And those elite high income earners tend to pay higher taxes, which we need to fulfill our social obligations to our society. It's a mess up there right now on what's happening. We need the stimulus, we need the COVID to go away, and we need the election to have some certainty. I'm Rob Black. Find me at robblackshow.com. Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm proud to be an American. On a lot of levels, I think we're the greatest country in the world. But at times, I want to be a Canadian. This is the Strumbellas, and they're Canadian. And I like their music very much. I find it very creative. I like my fiction to be creative. I like my music to be creative. I think my approach to getting you investing, I try to be creative. At times, that falls flat on my face, and I know that. But if I don't get to the edge and get you motivated, who is going to? I'm trying to get the people that you know aren't in it for, I want to be stinking filthy rich. I got an email yesterday. Let me tell you about guys that want to be stinking filthy rich. Let me tell you what I think about them. I've got a brother-in-law that has been unemployed for eight years. He was unemployed in the greatest economy of all time, and he's a smart guy. 
but he's trying to hit home runs instead of trying to hit a single instead of like hitting a pop fly or a squeeze butt instead of his repertoire is home run and it hasn't paid off for him to the tune of, I don't know, that would, that would cause a lot of stress on a marriage, would it not? Um, because he's trying to hit the home run. I got an email yesterday from David. Hi, Rob. This is David. I once saw you at a hotel doing a conference. Wanted to ask you if you know of any good day trader groups that I can learn and follow from. I always see supposed experts trying to sell their programs. Names like Raging Bull, Kyle Dennis, Bullseye Trading. But I've never signed up. Wondering if you would recommend a trading company that I can follow. Uh, I understand that there's risks with the hopes of having more good wins than losses. All the best. Uh, my response was, David, I've never met a day trader who is successful after joining a group. After you pay your taxes, your losses, and lost opportunity, you're probably going to end up on the wrong side of day trading. There's winners and there's losers. The winners tend to work for big firms in Chicago and New York. They don't work from their home selling real estate on the side. I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. If you want to try it, knock yourself dead. Then the guy had the the gall to email me one more time. He says, what about just to make a few thousand a month on a small side hustle? What recommendations do you have? <laughs> and I'm like, you don't get it. That's not what I do. I'm not trying to make, I'm not, I could do it. I'm damn good at picking stocks. But this show would, would not be on the air because that period of time where I missed something would crucify me. The listeners would be enraged. So I go with a, a wider approach to accumulating wealth. I think if you want to get yourself educated in trading and maybe some trade ideas that crop up here and there, read things like Wired Magazine. Wired Magazine was probably talking about Starlink out of Elon Musk years, years before uh, I did today. Elon Musk is starting a beta trial uh, on a satellite system that is it's kind of awesome. Um, he's put enough satellites up in the air that you, you can now get satellite service on a train. You can now get internet service on a high-speed train. Let me make that a little bit more clear. You can now get internet service if you're working in a laboratory in the Pacific Northwest in a very wooded area and you're trying to study the, the three-toed wombat. You can now get internet service on a boat. High-speed internet service. Um, good stuff, too. So, Wired Magazine is going to show you those crazy wackadoodle ideas. And it's also going to show you that Tesla is not just an electric vehicle company. They're also a battery company. But they're also a company that has acquired enough uh, of the, uh, the materials like nickel. They've acquired enough so that they can make the batteries. And they can sell that material and make the batteries for other people. If Ford wants to get into the business of making batteries, they're, they're going to find it's already been uh, cornered off by Tesla. Not completely true, but you would have learned that, and that would have made your investment thesis a little more compelling for something like uh, a Tesla, knowing that they got more than just a car to sell. They're not just manufacturing cars. I made that mistake. Um, so, David, with all due respect, you're not what I'm looking for. And we're a bad match because you're looking to hit home runs. And I already told you with a brother-in-law, it's not working out for him. And in investing, I don't think it'll work out for you. Uh, the greatest home run hitter of all time, 
um, Sammy Sosa. How many how many titles did he win? Zero point zero. Mark McGuire, did he ever win? I don't think so. How about that big beefcake guy from uh, Oakland, Canseco? How many how many world championships did he win? Probably not many. Um, and if he did, it was because of Billy Bean. Um, and the general manager's ability to put together a team around a big beefcake. So, anyhow, beefcake 4,000. That's my supplement that I take. Just so you know, guys, I'm ripped. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, the problems that were there yesterday, COVID cases, election uncertainty, and stimulus, lack of stimulus, all there today. So we're going sideways. We're trying to say we let a little steam off yesterday. Is that enough? Is that enough? Or do we have to do more? No one's going to quibble that Monday was a bad start to the week. I would consider it a victory if we go sideways today. Sideways is not down. Home prices see the biggest gains in the United States in two years. If you're a renter, you hate this story. If you're an owner, you love this story. Strong demand and very limited supply and record low mortgage rates have caused home prices to accelerate dramatically. Prices beat expectations, rising 5.7% in August, up from 4.8% year over year in July. So 5.7%, it's, it's the high point for the year. And that's over year on year over basis. Um, there is 20 cities surveyed. This is the case Schiller, which is the best one because it compares similar homes. It doesn't th- make it a median. But 19 out of the 20 cities all went higher. What's interesting about the 20th city was Detroit. And they didn't go lower or higher. There just wasn't enough data. Um, the areas that saw the, the smallest gain in home prices, San Francisco, New York City, Chicago. Why did they see the, the smallest gains? Probably because they've had a really darn good 20-year run. Areas that have seen the best performance are areas that are close to San Francisco and L.A., like Phoenix and Seattle and San Diego. Phoenix was up 9.9% year over year. I think you can buy a house in Phoenix for like 320000 um, easily, and it would be a big old monster house. Seattle had an 8.5% increase. That's stunning because they've been on a tear for a long period of time, and San Diego was up 7.6%. Prices are being fueled by record mortgage low rates. Also, strong demand of people leaving the big cities for more rural areas. I would say San Diego, Seattle, and Phoenix count as more rural than, say, the big city. Builders, in even more bad news for renters, builders are struggling with higher prices for land, labor, and materials, and they're not able to build as many entry-level homes. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black sitting in for Rob Black. You'll find me online at robblackshow.com or newfocusfinancial.com. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220 KDOW. The biggest risk to the stock market 
in my opinion right now is a contested election and the country not knowing the winner of the presidential election presidential election on Thursday. Uh, next Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Is it Thursday or Tuesday we go to polls? Tuesday, right? Um, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm exhausted right now from the election process. So, with less than a week of trading left in October, the Dow is down slightly for the month. It wasn't a scary month. S&P 500 and the NASDAQ are up 1.1 and 1.7% respectively. Today looks like we're trying just to say, okay, yesterday we were, we were bitter. Monday we came to work as investors and, and we didn't want to do the work because the news wasn't there for us. We were upset that we didn't get stimulus. We were upset that we didn't get election certainty. We were upset on just a number of uh, ideas. But the stimulus is going to have to wait until after the election, it looks like. Nancy Pelosi's holding out hope, she says, that they had some constructive language put in place about states testing COVID. But they seem to be, it seems like it's going to be impossible to get the Senate to play. So the biggest risk right now is contested election. And then think of, we're still going to have COVID problems, but we should start seeing vaccine results in mid-November, late November, early December. So there's going to be good news. Now, a contested election and or a situation where you kind of get that lame duck Congress when I'm assuming a couple of Republicans are going to be elected in. I'm assuming a couple of new Democrats are going to be elected in. So they tend not to get a lot of work done between the election and the new Congress that's going to be bringing it coming in in January. That would be the worst case news. If for some reason that happens, maybe we get a Democrat president and we get a Republican Senate stays the same. Then you get, I don't know, there's a chemistry enough there to get a deal done that the size that we need. So that's out there. A couple things I don't want to hit this segment a little bit different. I want to go down a little bit different of a road. Um, due to the fact that COVID's lingering and cases are as high as they've ever been in the United States, I don't think you should own Royal Caribbean. I don't think you should own Delta or Norwegian Cruise Lines or United Airlines or American Airlines. The triple whammy of virus resurgent, stimulus disappointment, and election uncertainty. You can go bottom fishing for those guys, but I don't like it. I'd rather you focus on what's been working over the last seven months and focus on what you think is going to be working for the next seven months. The code cases are, are particularly damning, in my opinion. Even when there's a vaccine, we're going to be very slow to, to get back on planes. We're going to be very slow to get back on cruise lines. We're going to be very slow and more, a little bit more cautious. I think you should invest in a mask company. <laughs> I don't own one, and I can't. I, I, I won't go that direction. But I see face masks being worn for a, a very long time. Um, and I kind of like it. Um, there's a lot of ugly people in the world, and you hide their ugliness that I don't really want to look at. You know, the people with all the jangy teeth, like the shark-like teeth. You're like, ooh, you look like that bad guy from a movie or that meth guy in a movie. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm trying to be sarcastic. I'm trying to make something funny out of the masks. Uh, but I think those are going to be around for a while. Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Google, and Facebook all report earnings this week, and they might be market movers. I don't know. I think we got to get past this election uh, before we get solid direction. Those companies have already had great years. We're now looking at um, 
the holiday season. And with record, uh, with record COVID cases, I don't feel good about it. My producer informed me of what Gavin Newsom said. At Thanksgiving, we're supposed to keep it to six people and no singing. I like the no singing because A, your voice isn't as good as you think it is. And B, look to A. You will never, but, ever, ever have a career in singing. I know, I know. You know my favorite song growing up? Because it was tied to my dad. It was Moon River. And I always wanted to be able to sing that. I can't sing. I can tell stories about stocks, and that's about it. Um, sleep number. Fascinating, that stock. It's really fascinating to me because it's had a great year. It's because we're spending more time at home, I guess, right? Oh, Gary Cohn. He wants $1 trillion to save the U.S. economy. He's former Trump economic advisor. Says the federal government must spend at least a trillion out to rebuild the country's infrastructure and save small businesses from coronavirus uh, failures. I don't take him as a stupid person. He may not have been your favorite economic advisor. You may skew Democrat. You may skew, you want a little something different from the Republican. I respect that he's a billionaire and I respect that he's got his pulse on the economy a little bit differently than you and I do. I like the idea that he said $1 trillion infrastructure bill. Come January, we're going to see, maybe November, somewhere in between November and the middle part of January, we're going to see a record number of dollars spent ever in our economy in stimulus bills. Some of it's going to be payments to hospitals. Some of it's going to be payments to to, uh, states. Some of it's going to be payments to small businesses. Some of it's going to be infrastructure. And I like that modernizing it and improve and just keeping it like running. So what's true infrastructure going to look like in the next century? If you look at the infrastructure of China and Japan, they shame the United States. Our roads are dilapidated. I was asking Tesla, how does the Tesla stay on the road? And it's like, well, it kind of sees the lines on the road. I'm like, what if I can't see the lines? Because if you drive up 101 in San Francisco Bay Area, the road is just in crap condition. Um, not to the point that I don't want to drive, but to the point that it's not safe. Anyway, we need infrastructure. <coughs> I agree with that. Elon Musk has billions and billions of dollars. He's done very, very well during the COVID. One of the things that's slightly interesting that we're learning more about is SpaceX. <clears throat> you know, they got those rockets that go up and they're able to come back down and land like on a, on a dime, literally on a dime. <clears throat> we don't have to throw them away. They're reusable. That's cool. That's kind of what we know about SpaceX so far. Um, I did not know how many satellites they've already put in the air. They've launched nearly 900 satellites. That, to me, sounds like a satellite a day kind of thing. Whoa. They've spent, they're going to spend about $10 million to get the whole satellite network up and going. And what's the satellite network going to do? <coughs> it can deliver high-speed internet to cars, to planes, to trains, to remote areas of the world. Um, don't know why we need high-speed internet. Maybe it'll be like a neural network of having the machines work together. 
Maybe it'll give a little bit more precise driving capabilities and auto navigate. Maybe it'll be setting up communication bases in remote parts of the world, like the Amazon and the Antarctic or the Pacific Northwest. It seems like it's going to work. And again, another feather in Elon Musk's hat. We tried doing a satellite phone back in the early 90s, um, and it was a bit of a disaster. It was too big and clunky. This isn't big and clunky. So you can go download the app, the Starlink app at Apple or Google. And it's going to cost $499 in equipment and then $99 a month. So it's not for the person who lives in a condo. It's not for the person who lives in an apartment or even in a, a neighborhood. It's for the person who lives on a farm or a ranch or in remote locations or in research centers. But they're expecting that it's going to pull in about $30 billion a year, which is more than $10 billion. No, 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 more than 10 times the amount of money they're going to make from launching satellites for governments and corporations. So the whole time we thought they were in the business of launching into space and helping others get launched into space. No, no, no. They're all about the satellite system. We could be looking at a record holiday shopping season. 2020 has been a strange year. It's been a difficult year. Wall Street economists, though, still expect consumers to open up their wallets in a big way this holiday season in what undoubtedly will be remembered as one of the most challenging and transformative years ever for retailers. Holiday sales are expected to increase 9% in 2020. That's the largest increase on record. Would we have thought this seven months ago when we started locking down? A forced thrift that has curtailed spending in the service sector and canceled travel plans frees up income for more spending on gas. True. I've spent more on electronics this year because I've spent way less on vacations. So I've essentially had to set up every room of a small house with a desk and a computer. Um, computer can act like a television with Google's YouTube TV. Just try to create as much space as you can with doors so that you don't kill each other as a family. I've seen that happen, and I do think holiday spending is going to be huge this year. Anyhow, uh, that's a big winner for Walmart. Oh, get this. Walmart's saying people are starting to stock up on, on groceries and toilet paper again, in large part because of the numbers that we saw on COVID yesterday. If we had to, to stockpile toilet paper when there's 20,000 COVID cases in the United States, what do we do at 80,000? Toilet bowl bazooka. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Let's get a little rap taking us to break, shall we? Shall we, shall we, shall we, shall we? You can find me online at robblackshow.com. and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
The song mentions the word moon. NASA found water on the moon. Guess who's going swimming? Oh, no. It would be fun to swim on the moon, would it not? Japan noted yesterday that they want to be carbon neutral by 2050. Um, more countries to follow. Again, I'm not ever going to be like a super environmentalist. I just, I'm not. I'm a super activist for getting people to retirement so that they can live from 60 to 100 with some dignity and not run out of money. Um, I think aging sucks. I think it's the biggest problem on the planet right now. Google at one point in time had research dedicated to stopping aging. Um, I saw one of my literary heroes yesterday announced that he's living with Alzheimer's disease. And I saw my grandmother die, uh, but lived through the last 15 years of her life with Alzheimer's. Brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, so she was bedridden for 10 years in a hospital, 10 years bedridden. And, uh, or a nursing facility is probably the right way of saying it, not a hospital, but, um, it was surreal because you have to get workers in there to like lift the arms and get the muscles moving. Her feet turned to jelly. Now this is going to be the weirdest thing you've probably ever heard because it was the weirdest thing I ever heard. And I had no freaking fracking idea this could happen. So after a while from not standing up, your feet turn to jelly. You lose the bone, you lose the muscle in them and they just turn floppy. I remember being so grossed out. I was like, I don't want to go see grandma. And my parents wisely didn't let the kids see grandma in the final two or three years. It would have been the wrong image to see. So I'm never going to be a super activist for anything other than retirement, getting to retirement with enough money, taking financially good care of your children if you have children, because I think that's a responsibility of a parent. And I was telling my producer, he's a, a younger man and He's engaged to a beautiful woman. I was like, you know, you guys are going to have kids. And he goes, maybe. I'm like, you know, it's $250,000 to send him to college, and it's $250,000 to take him from age zero to 17. And he's like, colleges are $250,000. I'm like, no, by the time you get there, with inflation rates being what they have historically been in college costs, it'll be $250,000. So and he's like, ooh, well, don't know if we're going to be knocking boots tonight or you know, not, maybe no hookup there, but... Maybe maybe we wait on the baby because we have to do our retirement plan and we have to buy a home first. This show is about getting you to retirement. It's about getting you into a home. A home is a great way to build wealth over time, but it's a huge liability that it's very tough to get into. This show has a focus on hopefully family and, and life after 60. So when I see Japan's big new climate goal is to be carbon neutral by 2050, I'm stoked. Um, I'm not smart enough to know what that means as far as will they still burn oil or will they just be offsetting it with more solar? I don't, I don't even know how that works. I can tell you that's good news for Tesla. For anybody who's got the name solar in their business, Japan's pledge comes a month after China, by far the world's largest greenhouse gas emitter, vowed to be carbon neutral by 2060. European officials are working to put meat on the bones of their promise to achieve net zero emissions by 2050. Joe Biden has called for a plan, uh, second largest gas emitter, carbon gas emitter, uh, after China, 
to achieve net zero emissions by 2050. This is starting to become a little more real. In 1995, you might have seen like a solar powered calculator and gone, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I hear that's the future. And it it took you another 20 or 30 years to, to hear countries saying we want to do that with everything. So it's taken a long time, but I think the investment time period is now. There's a good solar ETF called TAN, T-A-N, Consultant Broker Advisor for taking the action on it. Would I buy it for the next month? No. Would I buy it for the next year? No. Would I buy it for the next 30 years, 20 years, 15 years, 10 years? Yes. If you believe the whole carbon issue, greenhouse gas emitting is real, I think it's a no-brainer. If you're a conspiracy theorist or you just doubt that, you know, why do we have to have a planet and, you know, we've had it for millions of years, it's fine. Then maybe you, you don't do it because then you're going to question your, your investments. I don't like questioning my investments. When a company says they've got economic problems, that their results are under review, I'm out. I don't wait. I don't wait. But anyway, I think that carbon story, we'll see more and more countries get on board. And I'm not saying Biden's plan is better than Trump's. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that a large swath of millennials want that to happen. Um, and they're the future spenders and the future politicians. We grew up, my dad grew up, or I grew up with a dad who smoked cigarettes. I Now I'm like, when I see a cigarette, I'm like, that's almost like a Nazi. People grew up within their, when there were Nazis. Now millennials don't believe there were Nazis because they didn't see anyone who was a, a, a Holocaust survivor. <laughs> that's probably the best line in the Borat movie, by the way. When he goes into a Jewish synagogue and he's talking to a woman and he says, the Holocaust never happened and Facebook told me. And it's just like, oh, that's a zing at Facebook, is it not? Sadly, that woman died and she said, we just need love. She was the best part of the movie. She shortly died after the movie was done producing and he dedicated the movie to her. Because in the interview in the church when he was trying to fool her uh, with a Facebook con job, she said the Holocaust, you know, you got to love people. You got to forgive people. So that's the message I'm going to end with you on today. I like where we are in the stock market. Sideways is not down. We're taking a little bit of steam off yesterday. We're, we were expecting a lot out of COVID. We didn't get it. It's getting worse. We were expecting a lot out of stimulus. We didn't get it. It's being delayed. And we have no clue how the election is going to go on Tuesday. If it's close, it's not close. Uh, polls used to be right. <laughs> We don't know anymore. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com or robloxshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.